All right, so when we think about, when I think about abiding, um, uh, one person often comes to mind, um, a, a superstar of, of abiding in the, in the presence of God. And um, so I want to invite up this morning a superstar of, inviting, uh, of abiding, no pressure, but um, can I welcome to the stage, former pastor, <laughs> current pastor, Marty Beatty, a.k.a. my dad. Okay, you're going to sit. You can sit on the white chair if you want, Dad. So I'm allowed to call him Dad. Oh, okay, Dan's all right. <laughs> this is not going how I imagined. Never mind. So I think this is quite, this is, I haven't, all I've really said to Dad is, um, can I interview you about abiding? And I haven't prepped him with any of the questions, partly because I only came up with them yesterday. And I thought, well, this is quite a cool opportunity. I could, like, find out some things. Like, who really is the favorite? <laughs> we all know it's me, so we'll move on. That's a... Um, don't want to put you in a tricky situation, do we? No, we don't. Um, because, yeah, obviously, like, um, you know, you, you, had, you had two two professions, being an engineer and being a pastor. You're getting down there. Oh, here you go. And you passed on the family business. Oh, you want to sit here? Okay. Sorry. Okay, so I don't know if you, if you, if you had toddlers. When they see someone else doing something, they want to do the same thing. And so Elena, is, she's seen Dan climbing up, and now she's doing it herself. So good week, Elena. Anyway, it was a dumb joke, so I'm going to move on from what I was saying um, and interview Dad. So some of, you, some of the people here know you, and they know a bit of your story. But I thought to start with, it might be really cool for people to hear about um, how you met Jesus uh, in, the, in the story of your... Um, of your faith, especially in the early days. So do you want to talk about that? Well, basically I was brought up initially. Um, I've got three, three brothers. Um, I'm the second one. And my parents sent us to Sunday school, I think to get out of the house, I can imagine. And um, apparently we weren't that excellent at Sunday school. But uh, I won't talk about that. But mum and dad um, were not Christians. So, um, but there was, there, was a, there was a lady not far from us, a farmer's wife, who said, I think your father and mother would make wonderful Christians. And she said, I'm going to persist in praying for them. Grand Smiley was her name. Lovely lady. She passed away when she was about 91, 92, ready to go to, to be with the Lord. But she prayed consistently for mum and dad. And what happened is the elders in the church or deacons, I think they called them in those days, visited mum and dad, and through that it set them on a journey. Then a short time after that, they became followers of Jesus. That had a, a big impact on my life, but they also said, dad said that I had a bearing on their decision. Um, I became, a, I believe, a, initially a Christian at about, um, when I was in Standard 1, I don't know what year that is, uh, through probably scripture in school. Again, one of the elders Wives were speaking at the at this um, at the school, and uh, through that, I think I made my first step to five. I got a little decision card somewhere, but it probably wasn't until about sixteen or seventeen. I I guess I confirmed things, and ever since then, that was it. I got baptised shortly after that, and um, there was no turning back. That was the initial phase. So there's there's my journey, but I must say that. Um, how wonderful it was for people to take time out to go and visit my parents because I think that 
even though they said they were watching me to see if I was consistent in my walk. I didn't know that was happening, but they were. They said that was had, a, had an impact on them. And when they made a call to follow Jesus, Dad was an oil company manager, um, loved his rugby and his, his beers and uh, that sort of thing. And, um, you know, the, the change in our family home was, was significant, majorly significant. So it went from a, a home where you had parties, on, often on a Saturday night, different neighbours' places, to one where we would go to church as a family. And uh, I'm just putting that one in. But, yeah, that's my little journey. It's not little, though, is it? Um, yeah, because I, I know um, <clears throat> that as, we, as we're growing up, um, one of the things that we never had much of in the house was, was beer. And that, and that was a response from, that was a, like a reaction, eh, to, to what it was like in your, in your family and the amount of alcohol that was being consumed, eh? Yeah. So a massive. Do you want to? It's kind of a bit off topic, but do you want to talk about the transformation then that happened in in your life and the life of Nana and Papa and and your brothers as a result of that journey to journey of faith? Well, I think the first thing was that we we, we would go to church together, kind of together. You know what teenagers are, but kind of together. But it was lovely to see Mum and Dad there, just um, their whole. Their whole demeanor, their whole, but they were always very caring people, always giving people. Um, they brought us up regardless in a very balanced, loving home environment, even before they were Christians. Always were ready to give to others um, in, in every way, shape, or form. But that even became more so. And um, further down the track, when my father ended up with a medical misadventure, he was um, essentially paralyzed from his chest down for about 16 years. Um, I saw my mother um, nurture and love him and bring him through that. He still went to church, but he had a, an electric wheelchair. But I, but I saw it amazing, and I saw that um, that love and that compassion and caring. Um, it, it was never, in fact, young men who were injured in, in rugby matches with spinal injuries, they would actually send they would actually send them around to um, to see my father to talk with them uh, when they were going through their rehabilitation because he had such a strong faith and always believed the side of eternity that he would walk again. He didn't, but um, he always believed that. He, he kept promise keepers. He kept walking in that faith. So, yeah, it was, it was just watching Dad, um, their daily devotion. That had an impact on me. Uh, when they'd come down here on holiday, I could see him sitting in the lounge downstairs in the early stage when he could walk. Um, just having that devotional time. He was, he worked very long hours as a manager, um, but he just said to me there's no way that he could cope with handling um, life, uh, handling his job, staff, and all the demands. He said there's no way that I could, could handle that um, without his love for Jesus. Can I just add one little thing? I remember one, on one occasion I went through to Gisborne and I was complaining about something and... Um, I said to him that I just felt kind of at a stage where I was feeling dry and barren. This was just prior to becoming baptised in the Spirit, actually. And um, I think we had two or three children at that stage. I, I think I can't remember. I can't remember. It was might have in the in the early early thirties, I think. And you know the demands of life and everything else. And I'd been running running campus life clubs part time and 
Chris was looking after the children, doing an amazing job while I was doing my thing. Um, but, you know, the demands were, 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 were pretty heavy. And I remember going and saying to Dad, look, I um, just feel really dry. And he said to me, he, he called us, you Christians. He said, you Christians. And he had this little, little chuckle. You Christians. He said, I don't understand. He said, do you, have a, do you have a daily time with the Lord? Do you have a devotional time? I said, I was pretty, pretty rough and ready. He said, you know, he said, you should get back to that place where you're sitting with him and having that devotional time. I've learned this. I couldn't cope with my job from 6 o'clock till 6 o'clock at night. I couldn't cope that without actually starting off my day like that. So that had a big impact on me, yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. So did you learn, because that's something I've, that I kind of picked up like growing up in, in your house, <laughs> in our house, was, um, was the... Uh, <coughs> Was your like your priority of starting the day um, in the lounge with the door shut? I don't know what was happening in there, but I assume that you were reading the Bible and praying. Was that something that you learned from yeah. your dad? He modelled it. He 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 essentially modelled it, and 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 the, actually it was through that that little comment from him that it nudged me into thinking, well, um, I think I need something more in my life, and it set me on a journey to. Because I didn't hear a lot about the Holy Spirit, you know, in those days. But it set me on a journey to, to find something more. And the something more led me to, to being baptised in the Spirit um, in Nio, uh, midnight, one night, after, after seeking out. Yeah. Um, this is quite... I know a bit about this story, but I think it's quite a good one. Because, um, uh, like... If if you've known Dad for a wee while, um, then you then you know him sort of as a as a as a man that's really sensitive to the Holy Spirit, um, and to into what God's got going on. But um, but it wasn't always like that, was it? And so and um, so there was a like the, um, there was a there was a, a moment in time for for you and then also for Mum where you experienced the Holy Spirit in a in a new new way, and and before that it wasn't like that. So. Can you talk a little bit about um, what led to that point and then, and then what happened? As I mentioned, I was feeling uh, you know, dry, kind of dry and barren. Um, I toured with two uh, Youth of Christ bands um, throughout New Zealand. I think we ministered to something like 50,000 young people and saw many of those young people come to Jesus. Also into, into Asia, Philippines, uh, Australia as well, and uh, Singapore. And again, the same sort of thing happened. Looking back on it, I think God gave us a lot of strength, a lot of grace. But I still wonder what would have happened if I'd known the realms of the Holy Spirit um, like I do now. Um, what actually happened is I didn't know who to talk to. The church that we were going to never talked about it. Um, in fact, if anything, uh, they, they avoided the subject of the baptism of the Spirit. Um, I think in those days they talked about being filled with the Spirit, uh, talking like that rather to sort of soft, soften it a bit. Um, I came across a little brochure by Ambassadors for Christ called A Life Filled in the Spirit. And I read this and it started to make some sense to me. Um, I guess as an engineer I, I was fairly analytical and trying to work things out. But one of the things that I realised is like that when I became a follower of Jesus... The Holy Spirit was in my life. But it's like, um, it's like I'd never welcomed him. And I had this third wonderful member of the Trinity 
walking around in my life and I'd never really said, Holy Spirit, you're welcome to do whatever you like. Then, then, and, and then each night, Chrissy would go to bed, the children would go to bed, and I'd just sit up in the, in the, in the, in the little lounge there, and I just kept saying, Lord, I, I know I need this area of power and, and work of the Spirit in my life. I don't know what I'm asking for, but I need it. Then I had to battle with, with something. Some lady, a well-meaning lady in our church, gave me a book on, uh, is about tongues, and it was a negative book. I didn't read it. I fortunately didn't, didn't feel I should read this. This was years and years ago. So in the back of my mind, I thought, now, what happens if I become a little bit crazy that, that maybe I might speak in tongues? What happens if I kind of lose control? You know, here's the control thing. And I had to overcome that. And finally, about midnight one night, I finally said to the Lord, um, I said to the Holy Spirit, I don't know what I'm asking, but you can do whatever you like because I want that. And I don't know, I think Chrissy recognised that something had happened. There was a transformation. I didn't wake her up. But, I, but all I felt was just, I just felt like, um, how can I describe it? I didn't speak in tongues on that occasion. That happened later on. But basically what happened, I just fell in love with Jesus. It was like, again. And, and you know, if your first experience as a young person falling in love with him, this was basically really over the top. And I just, it was just absolutely um, I just fell in love with him. Even then, I didn't really know what had happened until somebody lent me a book called Baptised in the Spirit by Derek Prince. And uh, one day, I was actually doing the dishes at home. don't know if we had a dishwasher in those days, but I was doing the dishes. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit saying to me, and this is where the prophetic thing started to, 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 to develop in my life. It started. He just said, look, I want you to pray for your little church back home. And I was weeping. I thought, why on earth am I weeping? This is unusual. Now, I, was, I was weeping, doing the dishes, and I felt to pray for our little church. Now, Derek Brits, Br Prince said in his book that this, this is an indication, too, of, of, of being baptized in the Spirit. It could be tears. And so I realized that something unique had happened. That was the start. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, <clears throat> so we've kind of been thinking about abiding. And... Um, you know, I think some of the some of these stories that you've already talked about, you know, they're, they're all pointing at the, in that direction, eh? Like that, um, in terms of the, like that sort of that um, relationship with the um, with God, and and then the Holy Spirit, you know, falling on you, and then prompting you to pray. That that all sounds like abiding to me. Um, do you want to um, talk about what abiding? Like when you think about abiding, what what is it that sort of comes to mind or what do you think about that in particular I love what you shared last week James about tarrying tarrying um, when I start thinking about abiding and tarrying they go together I think it's actually making time for God and um, on the 22nd of September 2006 something significant happened now, prior to that, back in 2004, we were incredibly empowered by the Holy Spirit. I mean, in such a way that um, the Lord put me on the floor without anybody touching, not once, but probably two or three hours at a time. And Chrissy was also having similar sorts of experiences. And this was leading up to, the, to, to our, our call to plant this church because there's no way that we were going to ever get involved in anything like that. We wanted the vineyard to come to New Zealand, but we didn't want to be pastoring 
We'd never, it, in fact, we didn't know what that actually meant. So we had been wonderfully blessed by the Holy Spirit and learned, learned I guess, to function in, in the area of um, prophetic and so on. And that was just that was a journey in itself because I think that had always been there since a little child, actually. But on the 22nd of, Sep- of September, we were actually holidaying um, in sun- on the Sunshine Coast. And I remember on this occasion, and I don't quite know what happened, but I remember just reading some scriptures, my daily notes, and there were some words that jumped out at me. All- also around about that time, I'd been reading some book, a book called Baptised, no, not baptised in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit in you by a lovely man called Benny Hinn who really does understand the things of the Spirit and has well documented it. So these sort of two readings were at the same time. And what happened is I became aware that the Holy Spirit has a very important function. I'm getting to it. And one of those functions... Many functions, I say he's got lots of functions, but this particular function is he'll provide a space and a place for you to have a communion with the Father. And it's like all of a sudden everything came together and my quiet time suddenly changed from a time where I would invite the Holy Spirit, and I do this every day in the morning, it works for me now, um, and I just say, Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm, I'm lying here, or sitting here, I do lie on the floor, in this tent of meeting, and I'm just asking you to come now and to draw me into the presence of my Father, my Heavenly Father, my Lord. And I'm not going to move, I'm not going to do anything until this happens, because I love you so much. And I want you to change the atmosphere, and change my heart, and do whatever needs to happen, in order for me to have that communion. And it's like the negatives and positives of magnetism coming together, and all of a sudden I find myself, and sometimes I've got to wait for a while, I find myself suddenly in that place. Now, it might be a process of him getting rid of stuff out of my mind, and right now it's the painting project, and plan, planning the painting, and all this sort of stuff, and people, and, and, but, but I would know that I'm actually all of a sudden in his presence. And getting back to the passages of Scripture, as I read these passages of Scripture, my meditation of him shall be sweet. I will rejoice in him. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Never a man spoke like this man. So that's had a significant impact on me. And even having the strength and ability, um, I won't say the ability because it's never kind of been there, but the strength to work in two jobs and, and being able to function as, a, as the leader in this church. So when I talk about abiding, I'm thinking of that process of just waiting. And that, that would be my challenge to you today, you guys. You don't have to do it on your own. And the beautiful Holy Spirit, I love talking about the Spirit. And I love talking about His presence. And the Lord said to me just after that, what I want you to do is I want you to preach and teach and, and model my presence. Because there's nothing better. And you can spend a moment, that song that Anna wrote, beautiful song about moments, it's had a big impact on me. 
And um, I'm learning now to capture those moments, especially when you go through challenges of life's life. And the Lord's had to teach me again about discipline. Um, I was becoming a, bit, a little bit too disciplined in my journey. And he, was, he had to speak to me, and it's through his abiding. It took me about abiding just to capture the moments, wherever they are, at work, at home, when you're walking. So I've talked to you all. So when you when you got too disciplined, you talk you kind of mean like this, like you would go if if, if I haven't had that half an hour or whatever it is in the morning, then that you know then then you've done something wrong or or something like that, or that's the time when you meet with God, and then if it doesn't happen, then then it's not going to happen. Yeah. So um, it's really interesting because I think you know in in that John fifteen passage. Jesus says, abide in me and I in you. Abide in me and I in you. And one of the things I've been sort of con- uh, like contemplating is that is sort of the role, like Jesus in us, the, and the, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, G- the Holy Spirit is the, is the Spirit of Jesus in us, um, and, and, how that, and how that is part of that, that abiding thing. And then like hearing some of your story is how that, how the Holy, the Holy Spirit within you, God abiding in you, it also is sort of like making that space. It's hard to put it into words, isn't it? So, like, you know, you meet, you go to have your devotion time, and you're going, God, I'm coming to meet with you, but you got to do everything <laughs> so that I can meet with you. Essentially, hey, yeah, it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> uh, again, like something I've been thinking about was um, this this idea that the way Jesus talks about abiding, it sounds like a really, it's a really close and intimate relationship. Like a real close, intimate relationship with God, and the, and the way that Jesus talks about it is almost like this should be our normal experience. Like this, if you don't abide in me and I abide in you, then then you can do nothing. It's like this should be our normal, our normal life. Um, so I've got a few uh, questions around that. One is like, um, uh, has this been, has it been like this for you in your journey and, and going forward? Has it been uh, always been an intimate relationship with God, and? Um, and along with that, have there been moments or experiences that have been uh, important for you um, to be able to grow close, closer to God or to become more intimate with Him um, in, your, in your journey? Does that make sense? Yeah. To me, the, 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 the kickoff point for the intimacy, and it's just the kickoff, but it just started, was when I was baptized in the Spirit. I like to say baptized because I don't want to water it down because that's what happened. It was like being totally immersed in his presence. And it was like, yeah. So that was the kickoff point. But it's, but it's a relationship. And I'd say even now, I'm still on that relationship. I'm still on that, on that journey. I'm still having to deal with thoughts. I'm still having to deal with things. But it's the intimacy. And, and for me, there's, no, there's just no turning back. There's just no way. There's just nothing else really matters. And uh, the intimacy with him, of course, is, is different to the intimacy that you, you have with, with your wife uh, and the relationship you have with your children and so on. It's, 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 it's different, but it's lovely and it's precious. So it is a growing relationship, and I think all relationships grow. And they say that, they say that you become like who you worship. And I've seen this in my life. I've seen those that would make money, um, status, uh, whether it's in music, whether it's in employment or whatever, they make that their objective or they make their children their objective. You can learn, you can live your life through your children. I've seen that as well. And, and the focus hasn't been on, 
on Jesus, even through recent things that, that we've been through, um, it would be very easy for me to focus on, on, on our situation. But the Lord was saying all the way through, I want your, I want your focus. He's very jealous. I want, I want you to focus on me. And my, so so yeah, there's been that extra effort. But it's the Holy Spirit that gives you that. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And we invite him. And the Holy Spirit is powerful. But he's always waiting for that invitation. And I just want to go back very quickly. Sometimes it's difficult to find um, 20 minutes or half an hour whether you've got children in the morning making lunches and all that sort of thing. But you only need a moment. There's been situations where it's just been impossible for me to give that 20 minutes or 15 minutes or 10 minutes. Might be two minutes. But it's almost like he makes time stand still. And so the intimacy has, has really, is, is through relationship. It's growing on a daily basis. Some, some, do I have doubts? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I have doubts. I suppose I doubt some things, but in terms of, I don't have any doubts about him, about God, about his relationship, about him being the creator. I just wish people would get it, get this, but the, we don't have to do it on our own. The wonderful Holy Spirit gives us that strength. And I think in, in, in situations, and I'm moving away slightly from this, we underestimate what we carry. And that's my passion right now, um, is to encourage men and women and young people to become increasingly aware of what they carry. Because you can walk into a boardroom situation or a work situation and you can actually make a, an absolute change in that environment because you're carrying the very presence of God. You're carrying it. It's like, it's like there's a covering over you. And he can give you ideas and creative ideas during the day to, to, to give realistic answers to people. And, the, and I've proved this. And you probably don't realize that we are also, in the work situation, the catalyst that keeps that environment together. And I've seen that in several jobs that I've been with. I won't go into the details, but, but you're actually, you don't have to be aware of it, but it's good to be aware of it. But the very fact that you've got Christ within you impacts the people around you and the environment that you're in more than you realize. And, and what will happen when you leave, there's a you'll leave a gap there that nobody else, unless they're followers of Jesus, can fulfill. <laughs> yeah. um, do you always feel... God, when you have a quiet time? Yeah, I wait for it. So it's like I'm not going to move on. And sometimes he's actually quite strict. I mean, he's strict with me. Sometimes he'll... And this happened yesterday. Um, I knew I had the painting project. I wanted to go out and have a date with Chrissy. I'll call that. I wanted to go out with Chrissy to a, to a cafe. Um, and, uh, and we did. But, you know, I wanted to have that time in the morning. And so I went downstairs and I didn't take my notebooks. I have a, I have a journal. I've got thousands of journals, but little journal. And um, I wanted to have my time with him and hope that he was going to give me something for today um, because I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> it's pretty scary, this. <laughs> and anyway, I went down there and it's like I didn't take the book down. I felt the Lord saying, I don't, you, don't want, you don't just come down here. So I just went down there and just lay down there. 
And I just stayed there. And I talked about stuff with God. And he talked about stuff for me. But I waited. And I invited the Holy Spirit to come. And he came. A funny thing, I'll just drop this one. It's really incredible. I don't know what goes on. But I'm lying on this lovely green mat. And I had bare feet. And I got up. And I walked across where I was lying. Then I walked on the other part of the mat. And the difference in temperature was incredible. I didn't want this guy. The heat. And I wasn't eager. How do you feel? It's hot. And the other little thing that I, that I love doing, I'll let you into little trade secrets here. And I'm not telling you that you should do this. Um, but I do have a little blanket down there. And um, sometimes I like to just block the whole world out. Quite often, actually. So I'll put this thing over me. And I can have a good cry. A good laugh. But I just want that shelter. It sounds daft, doesn't it? So I've got the whole room to myself, but I've got to have that, 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 that place of, and it is a place of intimacy. But that's my little thing, you know? So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just kind of re- like re- thinking about how, you know, we're talking about intimacy and you're kind of like sharing your, you know, your secrets. Um, <clears throat> which is um, very kind of you. I, I don't know. I'm sort of like feeling that the Holy Spirit is actually uh, ministering in um, in this in this room, and um, and like you, you carry something uh, which which a lot of us like look to, and we go, we we want that. Like like even for me, going man, I, I when I have my quiet times, I don't feel God. I don't. Well, sometimes I do, but. But sometimes I don't, and I don't really have expectations of feeling God every time. But but you, that's that's sort of like your normal experience. And I go, man, I want that. But I wonder if um, you want to do some um, blessing of people this morning to um, to pass on almost like what God's God's blessed you with, like impartation to use that fancy words. If you, if you want to do some something like that today, what do you reckon? Can I just add, I'm not a, I'm not, a, I'm not, not a holy man. I'm not, and um, I still have to deal with stuff. The Lord said to me years ago when we started this church. I don't even like saying that, but when this church started, He said to me, and He looked at that stage. We had 23 young people, and I must say they were, all, they had sort of diverse gender issues too. Just going to put that in that diverse young people working through all sorts of things, and the Lord said to me very, very clearly. He said, um, "I might have been down here." He said, "Don't ever get to a stage where you don't allow those such as these minister to you." So I've always endeavoured to do that. Make myself vulnerable and open. And um, no, no. He you had prayer from these guys. Some of the names, but no. And I'll still chase after those. I don't think there's anything wrong in that. So um, impartation is, I think, biblical, and we should do it. (laughs) All right then. Is is God showing you anything this morning that you um, 
giving you pictures or things that you that you want to share with us? What do you reckon? Well, there, there is there is one thing that I'd like that I would like to share, um, and and it's this. A couple of weeks ago, when we had, our, I think it might have been first service of this year, there were a number of things happening in the worship. It was a smaller group, um, but it was wonderful. And the and we might have been singing that song that we sang this morning, "Promise Waymaker." Interesting. Tuck Barner talked about the same thing this morning. The same. And anyway, uh, I felt the Lord say, I felt the Lord saying this that James was saying to hold hold on to the promises. And I believe this is the season for where our church is at right now, to hold on to the promises that he is a miracle worker. And I can testify to that in my own life, but also in some recent activities, friends that we've known, that we know. He is a miracle worker and he doesn't forget the promises. And some of us have got promises, including us, that we've yet to see fulfilled. And they are coming to pass, Chrissy. And I felt the Lord say this, that your promises and your dreams, doesn't matter what they are, how big, how small, the prophecies that people have had over you, whatever they are, they're going to be released in 2020. That this is going to be a year of miracles, and I believe we've already seen that, but there's a little but to it. And this has been coming through. He's calling us to go deeper into the river. He's calling us, we can look at the Jordan, we can look at the other side, we're born again, we're born again. He invites us to be immersed in his spirit and to walk into that river. And I believe that as we walk through that river this year, might not happen all of a sudden, but as we walk and immerse ourselves deeper into, and it's a faith walk, into his love and his grace, then I believe that as we, as we let go, he's going to heal us, set us free. And we're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles that we've never seen before. Want a bit of that, eh? Sounds good to me. Um, well, that's been fun. Thank you for um, <laughs> being grilled by me. Um, <clears throat> what do you reckon? Well, should we? What do you stand? What do we stand? And um, and we'll pray and invite God. And I want to, want to have a be able to have a time that if you if you want to be ministered to, uh, you want um, Dad to pass on what, he, what he's been blessed with or, or some other people to pray with you, then we'll sort of make the space open for, um, open for that and, yeah, just kick off the year right, you know. Um, so thanks, Dad. Yeah. I want to honour you. I'm not very good at that, but, um, but you, in my mind, you're, you're a great man. So, um, yeah. And if I can walk in your footsteps, then I'll be happy. So. <laughs> Lord Jesus, we, we thank you so much for your... The way that you've you've blessed Dad, Lord, the um, the journey—it's amazing, actually. The uh, the things that happened to him when he was the way that you worked in his life when he was a um, young, a young boy, and then as a teenager, and his and his family uh, is actually uh, the reason, weirdly enough, that that we happen to be in this upper room this morning, like uh, um, the th- the decisions that he's made in his life. And so, Lord, um, before we pray for each other, oh Lord, I pray that you'd you'd bless Dad. Lord, thank you so much for what you've given to him and um, in the way that you've blessed him and mum. Yeah, we, we just... We just pray for them this morning that um, that they would know more and more of your presence. And yeah, we do. We, we pray for a miracle, Lord Jesus, for um, for mum's health and a breakthrough there. And we pray for dad, Lord, that you'd... 
Lord, I, I don't believe that he's reached this, this pinnacle, but that, um, that you've got more, more for him. That you're going to take him deeper into, into your presence and into that, uh, that tent of meeting, that place of abiding in you. That there's not, it's not a, there's not an end to, to the journey of uh, journeying into your, into your eternity or your infinity. So increase what you're doing, Lord Jesus, and in, in Dad and in His life. Um, yeah, and Lord, and Lord, for for us, Lord, I, I I pray, Lord Jesus, that Your Spirit would come now uh, and minister to us, Holy Spirit, that uh, we might um, find places, those moments of 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 meeting with You and knowing that we're that we're in Your presence, Lord. It might not look, in fact, it probably won't look the same as anybody else. It won't look the same as uh, as Dad. Um, uh, in his meeting place, but but you have got lined up for us even today, um, um, moments in time that actually we're going to be meeting with meeting with you and tapping into your um, your infinity. I don't think I don't know how else to describe it, but touching in with with that that eternal life that you have given us. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you this morning. We welcome you this morning. We honor you so much, Lord, that you make places of meeting with you. Yeah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're the one that does it all. <laughs> just so, so good. Such a relief. We can like just let, let all of those expectations fall off us this morning, that we've got to get into a certain state or get our emotions in a certain way before we meet with you, or whatever it might look like. Lord, that we don't have to empty our minds of things, but we just invite you. Just go, Holy Spirit, would you do that for us this morning? Like create this, this place of, uh, of meeting for us. Holy Spirit, come. <laughs>